The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine. And we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept! And one we will explore today on the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe, and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon, and my guest today will be Gary Spinell. We're going to be talking about how can I get the job of my dreams now, and it's a call-in show. So get your pencil or pen and some paper. I'll give you the number now, and then we'll talk a little bit. The number is 866-613-1612. If you're trying to find a job, you want to be sure and call in because Gary has information you probably haven't seen anyplace else. This week on the Self-Improvement Blog, we've looked at mainly two things. One, of course, the Olympics, and the second is on finding employment, and there have been articles on both of them every day. I encourage you to take a look. You can find it at HTTP, you know, the slashes and the dots, www.theselfimprovementblog.com. You know, the Olympics is, is amazing. It's uplifting, it's motivating, it's pride building. <sighs> Needless to say, I'm loving it. It's right down my alley. I congratulate all those who are completing, wh- competing whether or not they have a medal hanging around their neck. To me, just getting there is a tremendous, tremendous accomplishment. Uh, and they should all feel like winners. But if we put things in priority... The important thing here is helping people find a job. Being out of work is devastating for an individual, for a family, for the community. Um, Creates all kinds of problems on all kinds of levels. And so it's really important that we get people back to work. Um, Numbers on unemployment are really interesting. They're sketchy. You can go almost anywhere you want to and find any kind of number you want to. Uh, I like Forbes numbers. Um, They're a little bit different. They take into account those who've left the workforce and aren't counted in most other uh, polls. Forbes says this. One year ago, 99 million Americans were unemployed or otherwise not working. And the unemployment rate then was 9.3%. I'm sorry, 9.1%. Today, while the reported unemployment rate is 8.3%, over 100 million Americans are unemployed or otherwise not working. That's a devastating number. Some people have applied for every job that they can find and still have nothing. Many have revised their resume several times and sent it to everyone they can think of several times and still nothing. Some have gone for education in another field, still no luck. If you are searching for a job, why is it that someone landing jobs that you are perfectly qualified for get the job and you don't? What makes the difference today? We have Gary Spinell with us to answer some of your questions, and we invite you to call in at 866-613-1612. 
Gary Spinell has spent over 25 years examining why some people achieve success consistently while others struggle. He's recorded a two-hour audio, 40 unique and powerful keys to land your next job now, and he's prepared a workbook to go with it, and that workbook is absolute dynamite. You can work it at your own pace, and it's very, very helpful. You can see the review uh, of these on the self-improvement blog. Gary knows what it's like to look for a job. He knows what it's like to be out of work for a while while he's trying to find the the employment that he wants. Uh, Over the years, his responsibilities have included finance, treasury, investor relations, public relations, and human resources, and he was able to build on the the preceding ones to get the one the job that he was really wanting. He's been a guest on over 35 radio shows in the US, the UK and Australia and he's been on the self-improvement show twice in the past. That should tell you that we really like to have him here. Gary, it's great to have you back on the self-improvement show. Welcome. It is wonderful to be here. Thank you, Irene. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm great. I'm about Olympic doubt, but I just can't take my eyes <laughs> off of it. It's just, it's just so fantastic to watch these young people, and you know, they just, they just give you so much hope for the future. It but is we, great. Yeah, we need to talk about jobs because that is such a pressing problem, and you know, has such an impact on on so many areas of our life. Why did you write? 40 keys. How did that come about? Thank you. It's a great question. And I, matter of fact, I was actually speaking to a group yesterday and it's a little bit funny telling them that back uh, 15, 20 years ago, I was the world's worst job search person. Uh, I joke about that you could, go, could, you could go onto Google and look for worst person job seeking and there was my picture. I, I was terrible at it. I was I was intimidated. My uh, my self esteem had taken a hit. I'd worked at a company for eleven years and was was laid off. Uh, back then, actually, in the in the early to mid nineties, there was really the internet was really not you know running like anywhere near like it is today. It was barely existent. You didn't have that, and and I was just at a at a loss. Um, and and really at that time, I had started to do this research on human behavior that you had talked about. And now it's been really now over 25 years, I've really been looking at that and I've written the two books about human behavior. And it basically dawned on me. I said, Hey, wait a minute, I got to put this together, this knowledge about human behavior and the mindset of successful people. And I'm going to roll that over and wrap that into all these tactics and tools that people use to do job search and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remember that. Well, uh, as it turns out, you know, I, had, I finally landed a job. Uh, it took two years to land it, landed a job. Uh, then after almost six years, uh, that company ran into trouble. We're laying off people and I was laid off again. And I went, all right, wait a minute. I'm going to do this a whole lot differently because now I have all this information. I get what needs to be done. Landed a promotion um, in three months at another company. And in my field, you know, it, as you know, once you go higher and higher up the food chain, <laughs> if you will, as you go yeah. higher up, there's fewer and fewer of those positions. And it's not like I had this great network and, oh, I'm just dealing with all these, you know, like golfing buddies. No, I was, I'm like everybody else. I was sitting there as a, uh, yeah, I was a vice president, but 
trying to land another job in a specific uh, role as, as basically a treasurer, which company, public company has one of those. It's all right. Own, right? It's a very so, limited field. Yeah. And I found another one, landed the job in three months. And then actually later on, um, so because of that company got, it was merged and bought out and all that. And they moved the, the home office was in an, another city and I said, no, I'm not going to move. Well, there I was two and a half years later looking for another job, landed another job in six months with a promotion with a 50% increase in pay. And it wasn't luck. Uh, you, you've got to, in a way, create your own luck. But I learned the things that you need to do. So over the last three years, I've been out speaking to networking groups all around the city of Dallas and sharing a lot of this information and people have come up to me and said, gee, you know, you really need to put a lot of this together. And I thought, oh, my gosh, yeah, that makes total sense. And so put this together and really just published it over the last couple of months. And like you said, there's a two hour audio and then there's a workbook and then there people can even get my regular books in ebook format. And I've packaged all that together because you really have to understand that human behavior, that mindset, as well as what the job tactic is. And, you know, we'll certainly go through some of those. So, Okay, you've led me right up to asking the question, how do they find these? I know your books are on Amazon, but this one, I think this you This is on my website. website. This is on the website, GarySpinell.com, uh, S-P-I-N-E-L-L.com. And it's called, you, you'll see it nicknamed as 40 Keys. Uh, there's Because it has its own separate page for it. But you go into GarySpinell.com and there it is. Now, why the recording? Why not another book? That's a great question. And to me, well, actually, why I really did both. But I, I feel as far as our ability to learn and our attention span, the written word is great. And then yet audio, to me, is a level above that because you can sense now what you can really hear the inflection in my voice. You can hear hopefully some passion and you can hear, you know, the, it, whether I get excited or not and, and try to really explain the, the depth of something. And then certainly video is that last piece. And that's something I'll, I'm going to transition to because just like in an interview, when you're face to face with somebody, you can see that that face-to-face, you can see the expressions on their face, you can see the body language, it's like doing an interview over the phone, okay, at least I got that person's voice and I can learn a little bit about them. So I felt the audio was really critical for me to be able to explain how important some of these keys are that I've put together. I mean, all of them are, but some of them are so powerful. So I felt that... And excuse me, and then yet for the person who likes to read, you can have it on your computer. You've got the 80-page uh, workbook to go with that. You know, and, and w- one thing that I, f- I loved listening to CDs, uh, MP3s in the car. Mm-hmm. And what a great thing to listen to some of this in the car on your way to an interview. Yes. You know, how motivating is that? Yeah. <laughs> and it, I, it, I just, that's one of the things I've heard from a lot of people is it's, is it has been motivating for them. They get they get inspired. And it's not just a bunch of rah, rah, rah. These are, hey, this is how you can get into that interview and really make it work for you type of thing. So, uh, yes, there's been a lot of great feedback on it, I must say. Uh, it's a great idea. 
And then what can people expect by using the workbook with it? You know, I already know the answer to this because I've been working in the workbook. You've been in the workbook. Yeah, it's designed. I designed it a a couple of ways, uh, even with some help from my wife who teaches in leadership and development. So she was a great uh, asset for how to lay it out. There are action steps at the end of every one of the keys after they're explained. And then you've got very specific steps to take. Uh, which everybody usually loves. You say, okay, yeah, you've given me all this great knowledge, but tell me exactly what I need to do now. And so those those pieces are there. Um, it's sectioned off so that when you, if you want to print it, it'll print right from the beginning of the first page and your pages aren't overlapping. And if you want to just print out a couple of those keys and take, you, take them with you, you have that ability as well. So uh, it, that's the purpose and the beauty in, in the, uh, the print and the hard copy. You know, I guess one of the first places to start, and, and, and you know, if you have questions out there, um, go ahead and call in. We can take your call anytime. Uh, the number is 866-613-1612. It seems that before we even get started talking, though, about how to apply, we need to know where to look. Where can we find the jobs? Yeah, it, this is a in, real interesting question, and to some degree, the answer is the same as it was 20 years ago, and, and yet it has changed a little bit. There are more and more jobs available on the internet with the likes of LinkedIn and a number of other sites out there. There's bunches of them, and at the same time, generally, if you're out there networking, and again, this isn't like playing golf with you know some some high rich bankers. This is just connecting with your friends, people that you know in business. Network with people is always the best approach long term to land the job you want, find that opening because it's that opportunity to talk to again to somebody face to face, build relationships over time, and because jobs are not always on the internet and you'll be the first one to find out about it. You can be that only person sometimes to be in that uh, interview process. So you can find out before the job is announced and have it before the word gets out. Is that what you're saying? It's right. It's right. I mean, there's, there's no silver bullet. And that's one of the things I tell people. There's no magic bullet. You need to be doing all the different tactics and have those tools that you can use out there. Uh, but again, it's how you use them. And that's what you know, we'll certainly get into because it's about your mindset as to how you go about this, this job search process. Exactly. It's time for us to take a break. If you're listening to the show and want to call in, you can do that now at one 866 613-1612 and we'll be right back to answer your question in a moment so stay tuned find out what's happening on the world talk radio network by keeping up with us on twitter you can find us at world talk radio everyone has a belief system that they stand by it's comfortable and safe If you believe that a hot stove will burn you, you won't touch it. Sometimes beliefs like this are practical, but some belief systems may be protecting you a little too much. These are the ones that might be holding you back. There's a secret to changing your belief system. 
and by doing so, achieve goals and live a happier, better life. Start by tuning in to Subconscious Beliefs with Dr. Hein Lambricks, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the Kidstar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. Today we're talking with Gary Spinell and we're talking about how you can get a job, how you can find employment in in this um, down economy when jobs seem to be so scarce. We were talking a little bit during the break about where some people get stuck, that their mindset needs to be changed. Expand a, a little bit on that, Gary. How do people need to see themselves now? Yeah, it's interesting. And again, because I've been there and and, and really took a while for me to understand that. When you're in your current job, no matter really what, what you were doing and what level, you had some control over over the job process. You had control over the task you were doing, over the responsibility, over the project. You might have staff and people would come to you and say, hey, this is, uh, I have a recommendation on this project. Or you might have a vendor come to you. You were the one that was in control. You were making decisions. You were making recommendations. Well, now everything is reversed. And if anything, in a way, you have no control. And I know you say, well, wait a minute. Yeah, but I can do all these things. And I said, true, but you can't force anybody to hire you and that's what's frustrating about this process and you know and I, and I know that it's it's so emotionally frustrating because you know you can do the job you know you're talented you know you have great expertise and yet you know you can't make that connection you can't force it so we've turned into sellers and we're we're basically salespeople and people I mean 90% of the population don't like selling I mean that's why we're not in the profession Right. We don't we don't we're not comfortable with it. Well, and and so when you add all of that into this situation, that's why I came up with these keys because I've said, okay, understand you're not in control and understand you're going to go do something now in selling that you don't like doing or you're not really comfortable with and probably aren't really skilled at and now you've got to go out and try to convince somebody to hire you. So and the thing that comes to a, my mind here is that you've lost your job, whether you've been laid off, no matter you know 
how it came to be that you're unemployed. You've lost your job. You may have applied for a number of jobs and not been successful. And your self-esteem is beginning to take a beating. So now you have to go out and sell yourself. Yeah. That's exactly it. I've been there. I was there for for two years. Oh, my gosh. And, and again, I flipped it all around. One of the things from a standpoint of selling, going back to that, is when we get in the interview, no matter who it's with, it could be with the recruiter firm, and those go all by lots of names of executive retained search, whatever. I just kind of even call them search firms, but they're the people that will call you up and say, hey, I have a client that's looking for XYZ person. Whether you're talking to them or you're actually in there talking in an interview to the HR person or to the hiring manager, because we're now in this mode of selling, what do we do? We sell. We talk a lot. And if you think about it, and this is, again, one of these things that I began to, I really understood and when I understood the whole process and the mindset of successful people is they don't sell, they listen. Great salespeople ask questions and listen. If I came to you, Dr. Irene, and I said, look, I need some help, um, some self-help. I need some instruction on how to uh, improve myself and maybe stay in a good mood. You would start to ask me a bunch of questions. You wouldn't tell me about how great you are and all the great services you offer. You would want to know more about me. If you came to me and said, you know, let's say I'm a car salesman, same thing, you you know, you walk up, I want to buy a new car. Well, wait a minute. Who's going to drive the car? How far are you going to drive it? You know, What are you going to do with it? How many people are going to drive it? What are you using it for? I have to ask a lot of questions. I don't go into a spiel. Well, why is that important? Well, when you get in the interview, you don't know what the other person's thinking. And the only way to understand what they're thinking is to ask questions about the job, why is the job even open? Who have you, if you could even find out who they've interviewed or what did you like about candidates? But there's on and on and on all the questions that you can ask because then when you have that information, then what the good salesperson does is come back with responses that are spot on. They're targeted right to what the hiring manager has been asking and is in his or her mind about what they're looking for and you go right it's like walking getting right in the middle of their head and you're answering the question that's right there on the front of their mind and you and that and their hire manager is going to sit there and go wow this wow. is who I've been, this is who I've been looking for and Gary we have a caller we have Chris on the line Chris what's your question hi uh, I have a, a question about resumes sure. um, in, in my situation um, I have kind of a 25 year employment history, yeah. and it's in sales and marketing and public relations, and in the past 25 years, it's developed from phone room and postcard mailers to where we're at now with social media and social signals and search engine optimization, and, and my career sort yeah. of spans that spectrum, and yeah. during that whole time, I was also either performing direct sales or in sales management of some sort, so my question would be, um, well, it's kind of twofold. Should my resume be one page or two pages? And more importantly, should I split my experience out into several different resumes, like a sales resume, a more of a traditional marketing resume, and then one that focuses more on 
what I've really been doing for the past five or seven years, which is more of the web-based social media type stuff. Um, it's it's a great question, Chris, and we probably could talk for an hour about it because it, there's a huge amount of debate on what resumes should look like. People have said, do them one page. People have said, no, it's okay if you do three pages. Um, my current resume, if I was going back into the corporate world, which I'm really not, that's but what I did before, it's, it's pretty well into three pages. Now, I will say in regards to your specific question on can you break them apart, I think so. I think in your particular case, where, for example, I mean, go back to me, I was a treasurer. I'm kind of looking in. My resume is going to be one, pretty much one thing. You, because of the nature of what sales has done, yes, you could have two, possibly three resumes. I don't think you have to leave any of the experience behind, but it's what you highlight. Yes, if you're walking into a company that is very, very social media oriented, and that's where they're out finding a lot of their business, even through sales. Yes, you certainly want to highlight that. And I would get that up on the top of the resume and the front half page of that as much as possible of your experience and your and your areas of expertise in that. Somebody that wants something more traditional in, in sales, a face-to-face person, well, then certainly you accent that. I would definitely go beyond one page. I think it cuts too much stuff off. I know there's arguments about leaving off the last uh, or, or leaving off experience from many, many years ago and only showing 15 years of your know, last experience. People say, oh, well, that's the only thing that's relevant. I'll tell you what, the last thing, you, you know, the worst thing you could do is let's say you're 50 years old and you walk in having given somebody a resume that only shows there's 15 years of experience and the person's thinking you're 40 and you walk in and you're 50 or 55, they're going to basically say, you just lied to me interview done. That's how they're going to feel. So you want to, you know, I'm into my fifties. I might take a job off at the bottom of my resume. That's from 26 years ago. Yeah, that's probably fine. You know, that job might've been three years, four years, kind of irrelevant at this point, but I think sales is sales and you want to be able to show that employer I've sold in every environment, Mr. Company, Miss Company, I've sold face-to-face, I've sold this way, I've sold in this environment and that environment, every online, on the internet and social media, that way you've got a bigger argument and a bigger case for what you're doing. Gotcha. So maybe maybe have the full resume and then maybe a couple that are tailored more specifically to, you know, an outside or versus a someone who's more of a marketing slash salesperson. Yeah, I, that's the way I would go. I'd be careful not to end up with 10 or 12, 15 resumes, as, as some people would suggest. sending the wrong one out. Well, that, and they'll, they'll say you can even tailor them to every company that you approach. I think you do more of that in the cover letter, and if you've networked right, then your resume will do what it needs to do. One last quick one. Um, sure. Traditionally, my resume has always had an objective at the top, and I've been told, you know, don't put an objective up there. Put the objective in your cover letter and don't waste the space on your resume. What do you think about that? I totally agree. Because what happens in the objective? What do we put in the objective? We put in, I'm, I, I want to uh, work at a challenging company that's growing. <laughs> You're like, okay, well, who doesn't? <laughs> right, no, I want right. to work at a company where I'm not going to be challenged and is going out of business. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know. It doesn't pay me anything. So the objective in that way becomes really, I believe, worthless. What you want to put in that top half of the page, because even though resumes get scanned, and, and that's truly important, 
when they get to be viewed, somebody's chances are they're only going to view the first half of the first page. And that's where you got to suck somebody in, just like reading the first part of a book or watching an advertisement on TV or whatever. It's that first 10, 15 seconds. So you want to be able to say right at the top of the resume, here's who I am, here's what I do, and here's how I can make an impact on your company. So something very descriptive of the title of your responsibility Something beyond just uh, you know marketing and sales professional. I mean that's certainly a start, but lead with that and then get very quickly into your areas of expertise so you can highlight in your case the social media uh, and those other areas. Gotcha, gotcha. Thanks so much, Gary and Irene. Oh. Really appreciate it. Sure. Thanks Thank for the call, for Chris. The call. We're going to take a, a break now. If you want to call in, why don't you do that now? And we'll talk to you as soon as the break is over. The number is 866-613-1612. This is Irene Conlon with my guest Gary Spinell saying stay tuned. We'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword World Talk Radio. World Talk Radio presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Step up to the microphone. View the finalists right now on VoiceAmericaKids.tv. America's next great star is waiting to be discovered. Step up to the microphone is an exclusive presentation for VoiceAmerica.tv, where you can see and hear America's next top child star. The program is hosted by Voice America's own Cassie Frazier, and new episodes will be available every week exclusively at VoiceAmericaKids.tv. You can say you saw them at the beginning of their superstar career. Tune in to VoiceAmericaKids.tv. World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1 866 613 1612. That's 1 866 613 1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the self improvement show. My guest today is Gary Spinell, and we're inviting call-ins. We're inviting you to call in with your question about getting a job, uh, whatever that might be. There's no question that's a wrong question or a bad question or a stupid question. If you have a question, probably there are hundreds of other people out there who have the same question. And we have a man with the answers here, so you know maybe it's a good time to take advantage of that. Um, in the workbook, the first 20... Um, of your keys seem to be related to the techniques of getting a job. The second 20 blew me away. 
because they were really about what I need to do as a person to get myself ready to land that job I go for. Um, pick out one, Gary. Yeah, they're, so, they're all so good. What, what would you like to start with in sharing with our listeners what's important? Thank you. One of my favorite, and I will tell you, it's probably in the top five of the challenges and what causes people to struggle finding that job and it's what I call straddling and think of if you're like being on the fence that that's what another way of saying this is that you know you could go one way or another and this is where I wrap the mindset of successful people and all the human behavior into the job search tactic because the logical thing that we would think is the right thing to do once we've been laid off and we start a job search is what do we do? We kind of take stock of everything and we go, well, okay, I could, let's say like the gentleman that Chris the caller, I have a marketing and sales background and okay, I know I can go and look for a job in marketing and sales. Now, let's say Chris happened to also have a fascination or maybe really now a passion to go work in, let's say, operations. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's out of the area. And he, he had been, been involved in a lot of operational projects and know those people and knows the concepts. Well, logically, the old way, we would say, okay, I'm going to spend some of my time each day, I'll spend half my time looking for a marketing sales position, I'll spend the other half of my time looking for an operations position. And what happens is we get six months down the road and we haven't gotten very far in either one. And so what we think logically is the right thing to do, because it makes sense, so we got to have plan B. And I'm saying no. I tell everybody, I'm going to turn all your thought processes upside down because of what you've been taught. And this is why I say you can't straddle because ultimately you're going to have the passion to do one of those things. And let's say in Chris's case that he, and I, I will probably shouldn't say Chris because somebody might get confused on that. But if the marketing, if you have this marketing background and you say, no, you know what, I really think now I want to go off into operations, well, then you can't be spending your time interviewing on marketing and sales positions and yeah you probably could get those jobs or at least you'll be in the running but what happens is that your energy your passion your excitement isn't totally there because it's going to be there on the operations side oh my gosh you get there you get in the interview you're just your face is lit up you're so excited and even though you try to tell yourself yeah yeah but i could go do this marketing job i could do that sales job it's even if you're only 97 percent there at some point in your handshake, in your email, in your facial gestures, in your body language, it's going to show through that you just don't have that passion. And you basically draw to you what it is that where your energy flows. And if your energy is in the operation side, you've got to do that. And I give this example that if you spent three gallons going in one direction of gas in your car, if your car had 15 gallons of gas, and you went in three gallons in one direction and three gallons in another and actually used another three gallons to go in another direction, you know, and split that up even five ways. At the end of the day, you only got as far as three gallons of gas. But what if you took all 15 gallons and went in one direction? And that's what 
is required in this process. That's what successful people do. They make a decision. And I'm not suggesting that in this case you do marketing versus operations or one or the other. Go determine what that is, but put a stake in the ground. Don't look back and go because then everything you do will be focused and related to that one career choice. And that makes a massive, massive difference in landing your next job. That brings me to a, one of the keys in your book, and it struck me first as a little interesting or strange. You said, success in obtaining goals is not about working hard. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> well, and here it is, and, this is, and I, I, I love this because I've been there, and, and so... Because I, I used to think this way, and, and when I go out and speak to groups of unemployed people, and, and they've been salary ranges of all over the place, I will ask them the question. I will say, what's the magic formula for success? Right? And always, always, the first answer I get is hard. Working, working hard. Most of us cut okay? our teeth on that. All right. And then you'll get, oh, it's, it's um, being honest, you know, being ethical, being, maybe being fair, uh, you know, being organized. And we get into a lot of these other secondary things. But then I follow that question up with, okay, that's a pretty good formula. Well, if that's the formula for success, then why are we all sitting here? Unemployed, because basically we're saying then that the formula doesn't always work. So it's time to shift the way we view what's occurring in our situation and step back from that it's all about working hard. You, know, you make the statement, and, and this gets us back to what we were talking about before, that mindset is everything. So you're saying that mindset is more important than working hard. Well, it, it, yes, and I totally agree. It is. And it's not about that you don't do any work. No. I, I, yeah. a job search, and certainly a job search requires a lot of time and requires a lot of effort. But it's about being focused. It's about being laser Instead of the shotgun approach, which I was talking about, for example, in straddling, you want to be very focused on what you're doing. And when you're focused, you're, you're networking with the right people. There's a right way to network. There's a right way to do a lot of the things you do as you go out and do your job search. If, if you just go to one networking group every week or every month and you see the same people, that's not networking effectively network with the right people. When I was when I was in the finance world, I dealt with a lot of vendors I, from a standpoint of insurance companies, bankers, audit firms, attorneys. Well, once I left, I would go network with those people because those were the people that had great networks and they knew what was going on at a lot of different companies. So that's what I'm talking about. You've got to target everything you do, and it all has to be connected to the same direction and going in the same path. Okay, let me ask you this question. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but let's say I've been doing this. I've been doing all these things, but I'm not aware that I don't have the right mindset. 
So, I mean, this could be another whole show, Gary. How do I know if my mindset is such that I can sell myself? And if it is not, how do I change it? Yes, and, we, and, could, we, oh, and you and I have. Oh, that's okay. You and I have done shows on this. Yes, we have. <laughs> because it because it is a whole other thing, and that's why I've actually include my two books in an ebook format with the tactics and with the workbook because people need to get all of that together. Well, as you go about your process, you basically can see what's going on. Um, I, I have I have a buddy who. And, and actually, a lady I know who's the same thing, I mean, who's doing a search, and both of them would come to me after hearing me talk, and they said, oh, wow, I, you know what? You are so spot on. I haven't had any success the last six, nine months, two years because I was straddling. And once they start to see these things, then they go, oh, okay, yeah, that's what I was doing. You have to really go through the 40 keys to be able to see that you were doing some of these things heading in the wrong direction. Because so much of the time, we think that we are, I have one of the keys, and one of the keys is called, do you do things right or do the right things? And this this will really, in a lot of ways, answer your question. There's a lot of things we do right, and that's like you work on my resume, and oh my gosh, people are spending hours and hours working on LinkedIn. You know, they got to, they're, they're so scared they get, that if they don't have every last word in the right spot on LinkedIn, no employer's ever going to find them, and that's not right. Those things are doing the right, they're doing things right because they've done them very well, but they're not the right things. The right things are to get out and network. And if you can sit at the end of the day and go, wow, I've got a network of 100 people. These people are quality people. I'm impacting them. Uh, they're, they're giving me job leads. Uh, they're sending my name around and connecting me with other key people. Uh, that's evidence that you're on the right path. Oh, that's good evidence. Um, one of the other things you say, and I thought this was just really important, to grab onto something new, you have to let go of what's in your hand. Sometimes do you have to let go of what you think you want to get what you really do want? Is that what you're saying here? Oh, it, it, yes. In, in, in a lot of ways it is because you, you've got to follow what's in your heart. And I, I did that back uh, a number of years ago. When I was at the particular, actually, it was at, well, I won't give the company's name, but it was a multi-billion dollar company. There was a company that uh, I, I ended up actually wanting me to move and I turned it down. But before that scenario came up with me having to move, I had this itch inside of me. I had this intuitive desire to say, okay, Gary, you've been a vice president, you've been at a treasurer level and running finance, but I wanted to be one of the people that was at the, is at, at the table, the, the, the table of the eight or ten people that made the key strategic decisions about running a company. And it turns out I actually left that the company I was at, as I said, but I stayed true to that feeling and that guided me intuitively and as I said, land in that job in the next six months because I stayed true to that. And again, I had to let go of that company. It was a good job. I was employed. I could have had a job with that company, just it would have been in another city. But I had to let go of that 
to go on to what I really ended up with. And that's actually when I landed at that company, I took on investor relations and public relations and human resources. So I ended up with much, much, much more responsibility and information and knowledge than I ever could have even imagined. That brings me to another question about you specifically. Now you're working for yourself, mm-hmm. and which is also a form of employment. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you don't pay yourself too well. <laughs> I don't know about you specifically, but do you go through the same process there when you're trying to decide whether or not you can make it on your own, do the things you really love, follow your heart? Oh, uh, yes, yeah. exactly. Yes, exactly. I mean, that was the break that I made really once I wrote the first book uh, and published it, what, five years ago now. That was really the beginning. And actually, I was still working in corporate. But as the the years went on and started thinking about the second book that's, of course, now published uh, that I released in May, all that time I was like, I really want to be out doing what I'm doing now. I want to be the author. But more than that, I want to be out speaking and it was interesting. My job was actually helping train me to be a very good speaker. Uh, and when it came time to leave my company, I was like, "This is this is. I'm so ready for this because I, I just want to follow my passion. I get up in front of and speak in front of people, and I feel like I'm at home. I, I feel so relaxed. I never have butterflies about getting up in front of the group and speaking, and I just love it. And certainly, there's a lot more to learn about the business and speaking. But yes, I followed that path. And that's exciting. And I see you becoming more and more successful. It's time for us to take a break. When we come back, I'd like to talk a little bit about the mindset of successful people. This is Irene Conlon with my guest Gary Spinell saying, stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. We're making it easier to listen to the World Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hi, this is Rochelle and Jeff from Travel Hub Radio with another Travel Hub tip. You're late for your flight and there is a long line at the security checkpoint. What can you do as a traveler to improve time and efficiency and make your flight quickly? One idea is to take everything out of your pockets, such as sunglasses, cell phones, PDAs, pagers, and other metal and electronic objects. Put them in an easily accessible pocket on your carry-on luggage. If security asks you to display or operate these items, they're right there. Plus, you won't hold up the line when you have to do the walk. A metal belt buckle or a wristwatch is usually not a problem, but be aware of them and ready to remove them quickly if needed. Wear comfortable shoes that can be quickly slipped off and on if you are asked to remove them. Most of all, if the security personnel give you specific directions or ask you a question, don't argue. Just comply and cooperate. It's not personal. They're just doing their job. For traveling tips and much more, make sure you tune into Travel Hub Radio or listen to the show archives and podcast right here on World Talk Radio and at TravelHubRadio.com. World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. 
Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Gary Spinell. We've been talking about how to get a job. Gary has an audio that's out with a workbook. Gary, tell them again how to get your workbook, how to find your other two books, and you can tell them about the discount. Okay. Uh, Everything is at my website, GarySpinell.com. That's S-P-I-N-E-L-L. Both of my individual books are there, although you can find them on Amazon. Uh, in print and on Kindle, but what is a value for the 40 keys, and that is a two-hour audio and then an 80-page workbook complete with action steps that goes through all of the 40 keys. And with the bundled package, you also receive an ebook version of both of those books because they go into the mindset of successful people of how to create uh, and attract success and, and the reality that you desire in your life. And that is so valuable as you go through the job tips to understand how the two really go together. Uh, there's three different types of packages there, the way they're priced, if just in case you all you want is the audio, uh, if you want just the audio and the workbook. But uh, when you get the combined package, you, there's even some additional bonuses. And there's a $20 discount on that full package by putting in the code Dr. Irene. And don't worry about whether it's capital letters or not. Just put in Dr. Irene. And there's, a, as I said, there's $20 off as a special discount to all of her wonderful listeners. And it's money very, very well spent. I, this is one of the best I've ever read on or actually worked with on how to get a job. And I'm not looking for a job. Before we talk about the mindset of successful people, I want to ask you about this. A lot of people say have a list of target companies and, and go go for it. You say not to. Why, why do you say not to you know, have some targets to work on? Yeah, I'm going to be probably the the controversial person on this on this subject. And, and yet there's some value in having that list. It's just that I believe it gets really blown out of proportion and so used so heavily that it takes you in, as a job seeker off in the wrong direction. Because it, it's like you know, if you worked at Coke, the only company you could go work at is Pepsi. I mean, because that's what people do is when they they make their list of target companies is they usually target them by industry. Right. Well, let, me, let me give you an example. I worked. I'm in the city of Dallas, and I worked at Pearl Vision, and I worked at Blockbuster. Well, those are both, of course, retail companies. Well, this city probably has a thousand companies in it. Yet, if I made a list, and I've done this, I made a list of all the retail type companies. There's not a lot of them here when I take away those two companies. I mean, we, we do have JCPenney here, and, and there's a, a couple, three other large ones. But then I get down into somewhat some restaurant-type chains because, you know, those are multiple location. Right. Now, but if that's all that I'm targeting, I'm missing out on a thousand other companies that I could go to work with at work at. And I know you say, well, when I go and meet somebody, I'm going to say, well, here's my list of companies 
But I'm going to say, no, that's, not, that's actually not the list I carry around. I don't want them to have that list. And, and to prove that, the job that I landed next after Blockbuster was at Hotels.com, and they merged with Expedia. It was a billion-and-a-half-dollar company that actually became $13 billion. They're an e-commerce company. They're not retail. And from there, I went to a multi-level marketing company. And so, and not, that's certainly not retail. No. And and both of those companies, hotels and Manatech, that I went to that multi-level marketing company, they didn't even have a treasurer at the time that I went in and became the treasurer in that company. So if I was focused in on these ten companies that were retail, I never would have come across all of these other opportunities. And so I believe that it's very. Uh, discouraging and it's really damning to your process of your job search. If here, here again, I'm in a city that's there's a great business environment here, many, many, many companies, and I'm walking around with a list and I've got 10 names on it. That's the worst job search thing that I could be doing to myself. So, what is the best job search thing you could have done for yourself? Well, and I'll tell you, and what I tell people. Yeah, and what I tell people is is that networking is is the networking, and I carry around a list of the people that I network with, and I realize today with smartphones and you can have a lot of that information, but if you were somebody were the person that I was uh, that I networked with, here's one of the key pieces to all of this. People think, okay, I've got my target list, and I walk up to you, doctor, and I say, doctor, okay, I worked at Blockbuster. And J.C. Penney's on my list. Do you know anybody at J.C. Penney? Because do you do you know if there's a job opening there? I never have that conversation. I don't ever ask those questions. And people look at me like, what? And I go, no, that's not what I want Dr. Irene to give me. What I do is I say, Dr. Irene, you are a very popular lady. You know people all over the place. Can you give me two names of people that know a lot of people? And, and you go, ah. sure I do. And sure I do. As a matter of fact, Gary, I've got four people that you really need to talk to because these four people seem to know everybody. And I go, great. Doctor, would you give me an introduction via an email to those four people? And you say, certainly. I'll be glad to do that. So you introduce me. I, I just follow back up with an email. And then I go meet with them. Well, then I, I carry around the spreadsheet ultimately. And I'm not talking about some massive spreadsheet. It's something I can print off and have with me in my notes or whatever way you want to work with it. But the key is, is that I want to know that I met you and then I want to know who you referred me to. So then I have the names of the people you referred me to. And then ultimately, I'll look at who those people referred me to. And I'll, I'll certainly know what companies they work at or where they've been. And then it gives me the opportunity to come back to those four people or back to you later and say, oh, by the way, Dr. Irene, you know, those four people that you introduced me to, they were of great value. They introduced me to 10 more people. And you go, that's terrific, Gary. You know, now you're happy that the four people you introduced me to were of so much value because they're friends of yours. You want to know that they helped me. And so all of this is it becomes like a a group hug and I because we're all helping each other. And I say, that's the list I carry around with me so that when I network with somebody, they might say to me, oh, yeah, you know, I know somebody and I'll go, oh, you know what? Is it uh, Dr. Irene? And they go, oh, yeah. No, that's great. Well, you know what? On top of her, there's somebody else just like her that you could talk to. Oh, really? And see, that seems to trigger, be a better trigger in helping people remember somebody that I can connect with that's going to be a value in my search now, so this brings key. me right up to 
social media because this oh, yeah. is exactly how social media works. Right. A lot of so ways. how valuable is not only networking but then do you know working with social media? Social media is is massive and they need to read my parts on it because we don't have enough time right now for it. But it, it, yes, you need to be on every social media and including Facebook, I mean certainly certainly Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, be on them all. You can have a you should have a, probably a, a website at least where you can do some blogging. Uh, and I walk through all of that. I don't tell people how to use them. I tell them what the keys are in in the job search piece of making it be effective because you have to, what's critical about social media is understanding the value of it and how to really, I call the, the, the job key and you'll see that there is that you embrace social media. And I didn't say use social media. I said, embrace it, embrace it, embracing it means some different things than just using it. And, that is massive, but yet it's just still a tool in the whole process. Because as your point, we're going to finish up on the mindset of successful people. Successful people know what they want. They go after it. If, they, if, if it doesn't work on the first attempt, it's like reloading the gun. They figure out what worked, what didn't. They reformulate it, and they go back. They go ask for help. They will like the challenge. And most of all, they say, hey, this opportunity is for me. It's going to get me from point A to point Z. And like in my scenario of when I left Hotels.com, actually, I'm going, wait a minute. Here I am working at a company. I've got a good job, but I got laid off. But being laid off was the only way. I mean, laid off, I chose not. I chose to leave that company, but it was the same thing. But separating from hotels was the only way to get me where I wanted to go. And that's how successful people look at it. They don't look at it like, oh, my gosh, I'm beaten. I'm lost. Uh, nobody likes me. I've got low self-esteem. They look at it like, no, I just needed to, this is what I needed to do to get me from here to here. I know what I want. I'm going to go get it. And bam, they go get it. And that's how they land those jobs. And bam, we're right up to the end of the show. <laughs> Next week's show, we're going to have PJ Jonas, who started a wonderful company called Goat Milk Stuff, using her eight children as her company and going worldwide with it. So tune in then. Gary, thank you so much for being with us. I appreciate your work, and I know our listeners did too. Thank you so much, Dr. Adrienne. It's always a joy to be on your show. Uh, You're a great host, and I love being here. Thank you. I can guarantee we'll probably have you back again, who knows when, sooner or later, but you'll be back. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Gary Spinell, saying thank you for being with us today. Come back again next week to the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. 
The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.